Trinity Baptist Church, a community growing in faith, obedience, and joy. Good morning. Today, first Sunday of Advent, we invite you to read responsibly with us as we prepare our hearts. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. The one who follows me will not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. We light this candle candle as a sign of the coming life of Christ. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. Come, Lord Jesus, our light and our salvation. I'm a grandfather. Can we can we see? So this is this is Tabitha James Thompson, and James is my father's name. It's a family name, and so um, anyway, we're going to call her. She's going to be called Tabby Thompson. So let's go next slide. There's Grandma looking awesome. Next slide. There's another shot of tabs. Next one. Yes, she's still really small. Um, next one. So there, if you don't know, that's Benjamin. That's the uncle and, and the mom and, and Tabby. Next one. She's pretty cute. Is there? Is that the last one? That's good. Okay. So, here's the thing. One moment, I'm just Keith. And then the next moment, I'm Grandpa. And that, and that was an awesome moment. And she's going to call me Fave. I mean, I will be her favorite, and so she's just going to, I'm going to be faith. That's all there is to it. So the birth of this little girl was a life changer, is a life changer to me. And I can't help telling people about her. I, I mean, I told three people before I got to church today. I'm walking out of our building. Hey, do you hear? I'm a grandfather, you know. I mean, I can't, and that's how we are. We are good news tellers. We are spread the news kind of people. When we have something exciting to share, we share it, right? So it's not, it's not coincidental or it's not surprising that we would see this line in the Christmas story. This is from the Gospel of Luke about some shepherds. And Luke says, when they had seen him, Jesus. They spread the word. You see, one moment, these guys are just shepherds. And then the next moment, they're on a mission to tell people. They had some news that they just couldn't, um, that they just couldn't keep to themselves. The birth of that baby was a life changer for them. And they had to tell people about it. On this first Sunday of Advent, 
I want us to consider how the birth of Jesus has changed us and why it's so important for us to tell others about him. The story begins in Luke chapter 2. And Luke writes, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. Now the story begins by saying that Caesar Augustus made this decree that everyone needed to be put on a list. That everybody had to register. Which when you think about it is a pretty awesome thing. That one guy had the power to say everybody in the Roman world has to be put on a list. That's pretty amazing. Um, this guy, Caesar, had the power. As a matter of fact, it was believed that the Caesars were gods. There is an ancient inscription that reads, Caesar Augustus is the savior of the world. There's another ancient inscription from the first century that reads, the birthday of the god Augustus has marked the beginning of the good news for the world. It's literally what it says. The word is the gospel for the world. The Greek word is euangelion. And it means good news. And this was a word that was used for when a, when a Caesar was born because they believed that, that when a Caesar was born, it was good news for the human race. So Luke tells us that Caesar, this savior of the world, this, this God was supposed to be good news for everyone. And he makes this decree that all the world ought to be registered. So Joseph goes to his hometown, Bethlehem. He takes his fiancée, Mary, who is pregnant. And while she's there, she gives birth. And here's what happens next. Verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you what? Good news. Evangelion, That will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Now, anybody reading this would have have thought, wait a minute, I thought Caesar was the Savior of the world. I thought Caesar was the good news. But the angel says, no, I've got real good news for you. Good news that will bring joy to everyone. And it's not that you've got a new Caesar. It's that you've got a Savior. His name is Jesus. And He's been born. Now I know, I know there are a lot of us who have deep concerns about what's going on in our country. 
We've got a new president who's got some ideas and some positions that trouble many of us. And they go a lot deeper than having us go to our hometown to register. Though that's not beyond him. Many of us have deep concerns. Some of us are even fearful. But here's what we all need to hear this morning. No matter who Caesar is. No matter who lives in the White House. No matter what the world says or who the world says has power. The good news of Christmas is that we can have hope because a Savior has been born to us. And that's good news for everyone. See, we shouldn't put our hope, we shouldn't put our confidence in in D.C. Our confidence should be, our hope should be in the one who is born in Bethlehem. The story of Christmas and the story of the gospel tells us that the future of humanity is not seated with some political power. See, Israel lived as slaves under Roman rule. And as the Roman Empire had its leader, had as its leader a Caesar who thought himself to be be divine, Luke uses him not as the not as the point of the story, but as the setting of the story. Luke uses Caesar to date when Jesus was born. But the point of the story is not Caesar. The point of the story is Jesus. I think it's interesting that when Jesus walked this earth, he almost never talked about Rome. He acted as though Rome was incidental. You would think that the focus of Jesus' life would be how to find freedom from the oppression of this empire that was ruled by madmen who thought they were gods. And you think we have a problem. But Jesus doesn't even talk about it. In fact, only once does Jesus say anything specific about Rome. On one occasion, when he was pressed on it, he looked at a coin and he said, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and give to God what belongs to God. That's the only time he mentioned Rome. He treated Rome as if it was irrelevant to the future of humanity. Jesus acted like Rome might one day not exist anymore. Which, by the way, it doesn't. Question. Does anybody know when Caesar Augustus' birthday is? Anybody? It's September 23rd, by the way. I googled it. Um, See, you missed it. Hallmark doesn't have a whole lot of Caesar Augustus birthday cards. But there's one birthday that's still going real strong. You know why? Because it's the birthday of the one we celebrate this season that we can have hope in. Putting your hope in Rome, putting your hope in government is futile no matter who's in the White House. 
The reason that so many people are fearful, the reason that so many people are in distress, the reason that so many people are filled with anxiety is that their hope for their future is in the power of government. And when you place your hope in the hands of men and women, you're placing your hope in something that will not last and will always, always play toward one special interest or another. But when we put our hope in the Savior who was born in Bethlehem, as the angel says, we don't have to be afraid. Because Jesus is good news for everyone. He's not good news just for Democrats. He's not good news just for Republicans. He's not good news just for the Green Party or the Independents. He is good news for everyone. Because in Jesus, there is real hope. You see, the good news of Jesus is that whoever you are, wherever you've been, whatever you've done, regardless of affiliation, God wants to be in relationship with you and has made a way for you through Jesus. And that, my friends, changes everything. The Apostle Paul wrote this to the church in Ephesus. He says, for this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Why? So that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for, for us who believe. You see, Paul's prayer for the Ephesians is not that they would somehow figure out how to live under an oppressive Roman regime. But his prayer for them was that they would know God better. His prayer for them was that they would know the hope that they have in Jesus, that that they would know the, the riches that they have in the community of faith, that they would know the power that is theirs because of who their Savior is. That was his prayer. Friends, when you know that hope, you know that it's a life changer. And when you know that hope, you're not anxious anymore and you're not afraid anymore because you know your eternity is secured no matter what happens in this life and that gives you great joy. And that's good news worth sharing. Jesus the Savior is born and anyone who wants to can be in relationship with Him and experience this great joy that is for all the people. Over the summer, we did a six-week series on sharing our faith. And then a couple of weeks ago, uh, Dave Page wrapped up our Mission Possible series by talking about the fact that we are to go out and be salt and light and and share the good news of Jesus with others. And I know what goes through many of of your minds when, when we talk about sharing the good news. I know that a lot of us think, well, I've just never been trained to do that. 
I, I just don't feel confident in doing that. I, I, don't, I don't know how to articulate my faith. I don't, I don't feel adequate. Well, that's why we're talking about shepherds this morning. The shepherds were the first guys to share the good news. Now, too often we think of shepherds kind of sentimentally. We think of shepherds as these, you know, humble, gentle, nice guys that everybody wants to hang around. But in the first century, that's not how shepherds were regarded. In fact, shepherds were looked down upon. In Jesus' day, in Israel, there were certain occupations that were actually regarded as what rabbis would call despised occupations. These are occupations where mothers, you don't want your children to grow up to be. Okay? Some of these occupations, uh, it included gamblers with dice, usurers, because they oppress poor people, pigeon trainers, which is kind of interesting. <laughs> uh, pigeons, I guess you could gamble on pigeons because they would race pigeons, and so it was, you know, frowned upon to be a pigeon trainer. So just FYI. Um, Sabbath-violating farmers, uh, for obvious reasons. And then shepherds were on the list. Shepherds were looked down upon. See, it was just assumed that shepherds were dishonest people. It was assumed that shepherds would graze their flocks on other people's land, that they would that their sheep would be eating other people's grass. It was assumed that that shepherds would purloin sheep from the flocks for their own benefit. Um, shepherds were considered just dishonest, thieving, disreputable people. What's more. Shepherds were so looked down upon that they were not allowed to bear witness in a court of law. Literally, if you were accused of a crime and your only alibi was that you were playing poker with three shepherds, you were hosed. <laughs> because they couldn't testify for you. Yet it's shepherds that God chose to be the first ones to bear witness to the birth of His Son, Jesus. Why? If shepherds could be witnesses for Jesus, anybody can be a witness for Jesus. You see, it's not about the credibility or the articulateness of the witness it's about the person of Jesus. It's about spreading the word. We do that for movies we've seen and restaurants we've liked. We even do it for the, for the new spiced cream cold brew at Starbucks. It's delicious. We do it about granddaughters. We spread the news about this stuff. So why wouldn't we do it about what's most important in life? One night, these shepherds are in a field. An angel appeared and the shepherds are overwhelmed with fear. But the angel says to the shepherds, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news. That's the word. 
euangelion. Good news. That's the gospel. It's not just good news for some folks. And it's not about Caesar. It's not about money. It's not about power. It's not about human circumstance. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. Yes, even to you shepherds. You who are listening to me right now. He is Messiah. He is the Lord. He is the Son of God. He is the Savior of the world. It's not Caesar. It's not Trump. It's Jesus. He's our hope. You know, there are some powerful people in our world. Warren Buffett comes to mind. You think Warren Buffett has power? You bet he does. The Sage of Omaha. Right? He says one word and whole markets change. But he can't save people. Only Jesus can do that. How about Oprah? Think Oprah has power? Yeah. She's a career maker. Dr. Phil, Dr. Oz. Um, what's the other the woman's name? Gail, right? She mentions a book and it goes on the bestseller list. She, this was about a year ago, she bought 10% of Weight Watchers and in one day, the stock went up 105%. That's power. But she can't save people. Only Jesus can do that. Or what about Taylor Swift? Do you think Taylor Swift has power? She has unbelievable power. If you date Taylor Swift and then break up with her, she will write a song and the whole world will know what scum you are. Now that's power. But she can't save anybody. There is only one name in heaven or on earth, by which we can be saved. And that name is Jesus. I'll tell you what the power of Jesus can do. Only Jesus can answer your prayers. Only Jesus died on a cross for you. Only Jesus can forgive your sin. Only Jesus was resurrected from the grave. Only Jesus can give you a purpose in life that goes beyond you. Only Jesus can give you hope beyond your death. Only Jesus was born in a manger and died on a cross and was resurrected. And today, 2,000 years later, on the other side of the world, He is still changing lives. Only Jesus can do that. The Word came to the shepherds and said, you have to tell people. Luke tells us, when they, the shepherds, had seen Him, Jesus, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Again, these are shepherds. There are all kinds of reasons why the, the shepherds shouldn't do this. You're not educated. Yeah, I know, but Jesus... 
You can't testify in a court of law. Yeah, I know. But Jesus, you're just a disreputable, dirty, thieving. Yeah, I know. But Jesus. When they spread the word, all who heard it were were amazed. And friends, now it's not the shepherds. Now it's you and me. And we need to share the news. I'm encouraging you to do this because this is part of our mission as a church to go out and spread the news. And there's no better time than right now. In this season, with the political stuff that's going on and all the fear and anxiety that people are feeling, and in the midst of of this time when we celebrate the birth of the Savior, what better time could there be to bring this message of hope? So I want to give you a challenge on this. Through this Advent season, I want to challenge you to share the hope you have with others. And if you're thinking, well, you know, if you're still thinking, well, I'm just a shepherd. Well, okay. Get over it. (laughs) You got news worth sharing. I got a grandbaby that I can't help talk about. We've got a Savior that we shouldn't be able to keep ourselves from talking about. What's more, during this season of Advent, there are going to be there are wonderful opportunities for you to bring people to church. Every Sunday through this series, I'm going to try to be as clear as I can about the hope that we have in Jesus. Uh, we've got a Christmas concert in two week, two weeks, a, a worship concert. Where we're gonna we're gonna celebrate the hope that we have in Jesus, because He is the one who reigns. We got a Christmas Eve service in a few weeks where we're gonna again tell the good news, the hope we have. Friends, these are all wonderful opportunities to share this news that's so worth sharing. How many people are in our city? Eight million. And every one of them matters to God. And you might be thinking, yeah, I know that. But have you ever really thought about the fact that every one of them is somebody's son? is somebody's daughter, is somebody's father, is somebody's mother. What if it was your son? What if it was your daughter? What if it was your father and mother? Wouldn't you want there to be a church that was that was so committed to, to seeing people come to faith that they found your son or your daughter or your mother or your father? Wouldn't you hope that there were some there were some Christians out there who were telling the good news so that the one that you love could come to faith? 
Friends, I want that to be me. I want that to be you. I want that to be our church in this season. That we're just praying like crazy. That people will see the hope that we have in Jesus. There's somebody in your life that God wants to reach through you. And you know why? Because every human being is made for eternity and we all face this prospect of heaven or hell. I know those words can be talked about sometimes in ways that that can be manipulative. But the fact remains. All of us, the Bible says, um, God has placed eternity in our hearts. And, and that physical death awaits all of us. And we are all destined for some eternal future. Either an eternity of joy in the presence of our loving creator God. Or an unbelievable, an, an unbelievably painful eternity separated from him. We don't want anyone to be excluded because we have the good news of real hope. We have the good news of real power. We have the good news that is to be joy for all the people. The Savior has been born. His name is Jesus, and He is a life changer. Friends, that's good news worth sharing. Will you pray with me? God, I pray that you will help us to be shepherds and that we would be bold. And right now, I pray that you would put one person on each of our hearts that we would share this good news with in this season. Just Just pray right now that God would put one person on your heart. Lord, forgive us for being cold-hearted. Warm our hearts. Make us tender. Help us to know or help us to to experience again the, the, the life change that you have brought to us so that we are eager to share that life change with others. Father, I want to ask for me and for everybody who is a follower of you, would you please help us Help us to be undone again and overwhelmed again with the matchless person of Jesus.
that this baby who was born is taking has taken us from from being just a shepherd to being on a mission to share the good news with others to share this this gospel that leads us from death to life father we pray for those in our lives and for some of us god that name that face comes real fast Maybe it's a family member or a co-worker. God, would you be at work in them? Would you be at work through us in this season? Lord, I pray that in this season we would be a church that just exudes your love, that exudes your joy, that exudes the hope that we have because of you. We pray this in your precious name.